Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. A lot to get to, a lot of fun to have today. Where do you want to start, David? Well, uh, again, I just want to give the usual disclaimer. I don't know why anyone would be surprised by this, but apparently the <clears throat> experts who are call themselves economists and the Wall Street executives are surprised by a new inflation-related report that came out. The Personal Consumption Expenditures Index shows that consumer prices rose 0.6% from the previous month in January. Uh, That's the most since June and accelerated about 5.5% on an annual basis. So inflation's still running red hot. Things are more expensive. And, you know, again, on the stat sheet, yeah, this confirms what anyone who's gone to Walmart knows. (laughs) Of course it is! I'm sorry. What you're saying is not funny. David, uh, you missed Robbins. The arms went up in the air. Yeah. It like, just well, exasperated. Like, of course. Is there like yeah. economist housing where once you go in, you can't get out for like years? You have to just sit around a table yeah. and look at analyzed figures and numbers. They're and, like monks in a yeah, monastery. Yeah, right. You, right. Yeah. you cannot leave. No, no, absolutely no contact with the outside world. None. <laughs> Ask anybody who's been to, I don't know, any grocery store. Hey, are things higher than they used to be? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Of course they say yes. And Joe Biden put out a statement saying, well, you know, we said there'd be setbacks. No, no, no. See, yeah. see, in order for a setback to have occurred, you would have right. to make some real substantive progress, which hasn't been made. Well, it's all how you define victories, right? Yeah. So for this crew, okay, we knew inflation grew like crazy over a year ago. It's still really, really bad. But it's not as bad the growth as last year. See, we're actually growing at a slower pace. Right. So inflation, of course, is still a major problem. But let's celebrate the victories. It's like the what? No, we're still screwed. Yeah, you look at it's the- like you look me right in the eye and say that. You look me right in the eye and you tell me that's not as bad as I think. It is as bad as I think. Right. It's worse than what I think. I mean, the comparison I've made before is like, let's say that uh, two years ago I was selling apples and I sold Scott Robbins an apple for $1. Mm-hmm. And then uh, last year I sold a different apple for $10. And you think, oh my gosh, that's a huge increase. Well, then this year I'm turning around and I'm only charging $12. And so you're supposed to, I guess, think it's some sort of victory that the price of that apple only went up $2 when really it's up $11 from where it was two years ago. I mean, anecdotal stuff, right? So with a couple of kids um, in our house, we get like a big old jug of whey protein. Okay, 45 bucks it used to be. And you'd think, well, it's going to last for a while. That's good. And then it was, you know, around 50. And then it just kept climbing. $81 over the last couple of years. Now it's 81. I mean, that's just a little snapshot. It's for your protein, right? Yes. I get my protein from eggs. They're $81 for a dozen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. And you're like, if you can find them anywhere. But again, man, this is what happens when people actually have a budget. And you're looking like, man, that's a whole lot. 
you know, maybe you got, what, a 2% raise, but what you're paying for everything. Right. My gosh, dude. He's yeah, like you're going backwards. The Department of Real People. Right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? the, uh, actually, that's a great idea to actually yeah. have, like, the Federal Reserve or the White House Economic Council or something have a subcommittee that's nothing but moms who shop at Walmart. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know the idea for a long time. Don't have everything centralized in D.C. Spread it across yeah. the country. Yeah. To be around more everyday people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's certainly moving around point to every that. year. It goes to Cincinnati for a year, and then it goes somewhere else. Yeah. It'd be really interesting. Get a snapshot all over the country. Yeah. But here, man, I know you're a little down on your money right now. Okay, money's not everything, because there are a lot of big victories to celebrate. <laughs> All right. I'm ready and I to think, write them down. I, I think David is ready to deliver said victories right yeah. now. Yeah, I am. Well, uh, Joe Biden is looking for a candidate to serve as vice chair of the Federal Reserve. And apparently the top priority is the person's skin color. Because that's the Here world we that again. we live in. But hey, man, this is the good news, okay? Mm-hmm. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre laid this out. It's historic, okay? Awesome. I want to take the opportunity to, to lay out uh, what how diverse the president's cabinet has been, how diverse the president's administration has been. Uh, the cabinet is majority people of color for the first time in history. The cabinet is majority female for the first time in history. A majority of White House senior staff identify as female. Forty percent of White House senior staff identify as part of the racially diverse communities. And a record seven assistants to the president are openly LGBTQ+. So, again, this is something that the president prides himself on. Uh, that he actually has taken action to show uh, the diversity of this administration. <laughs> but but yeah, are they any yeah. good at what they do? And, well, see, that's just it. Why can't yeah. government run like a professional sports team? If you're good enough, you're going to play. Well, but we don't care what color you are. We don't care where you come from. We don't care your sexual orientation. Can you hit a curveball or not? <laughs> I know. And if you can't, I don't care. Well, and, and honestly, I mean, it, and I'm not saying this in, I'm not trying to put out generalities of any particular race or sexual preference or anything like that. But if you were to judge whether or not diversity was a strength and you looked at this White House, it's dude. the biggest self-own of all time. That is true, dude. It's the I mean, worst argument. This... <laughs> I mean, this of all time, this being held up as an example of diversity is a white supremacist wet dream, man. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. Dude, most people in the United States say best person for the job. Right. That's what they want. It doesn't reflect it. And I mean, we knew this from the start. I would say it's played out a lot heavier than a lot of people even anticipated. And I would agree with that. That they just lean in all the time. Yeah. And it's got to be this and that. And I, you know, was it Britain? Was that the dude's name Britain? that steals the dresses? Yeah, the guy who steals women's luggage and also gets a sexual thrill out of dressing up like a puppy dog. Yes. That guy put in charge of handling America's nuclear waste. What did he know about nuclear waste at the time? I mean, he had some degrees, but obviously... Uh, had some other underlying issues that should have made it pretty obvious that he shouldn't have been allowed anywhere near something as important as the position he held. So why did he get the gig? Because really? he was non-binary. Yes. Because he he's a freak show who likes to wear makeup 
and and pretty dresses that apparently he steals from women. Right. So how do you do away with marginalized people, racism, whatever? It would be, well, we're just going to take one's abilities, and that's what's going to matter. That's how you would do it, but they don't do it that way. They just do it in reverse. Well, we got to do someone that's not this skin color, and they can't be hetero, and it would help if they have some sort of affinity for puppies. <laughs> You're the guy. Yeah. You know, I it's yearned, freaking insanity. I yearn for the old days when J. Edgar Hoover bought his own dresses. <laughs> you see? Yeah. Well, well, you're the millennial. Right. Or, I mean, the, the boomer. There you go. You're the old schooler. It's crazy, man. Um, well, and our vice president. Yeah. We all know this. The reason she's vice president doesn't have anything to do with her abilities. No. It's because she's a black woman, and he said he was going to run with a black woman. Yes, um, because there are a good number of people in that party, including a lot of black women, that said, you better pick a black woman. Yeah, yeah well, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris did an event with journalism students from historically black colleges and universities. And this is a long and brutal clip. I just want to see how long it takes before you cry, Uncle. We can go through the whole thing. Or if you want to bail, uh, the parachute is hanging on the wall, okay? <laughs> All right. Just, I, th- she's talking about Venn diagrams again. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. This is... <laughs> Always ask, is there a Venn diagram for this? I'm telling you, it, it will, it's fascinating when you do. So Venn diagram, those three circles, right? So on this, the intersection <laughs> between climate, extreme climate, Right, which is going to be about, that's going to be also an intersection with human behaviors about greenhouse gas emissions, what we need to do around oh. carbon capture, right? Intersection between that, public health. <laughs> oh, are you crying, Uncle? Or are you okay? No, I'm all right for right now. Just got a little tickle. <laughs> I think okay. she's got like uh, one main Venn diagram going, and then yeah. like there's a side Venn yeah. diagram. Is this, it's starting to look like. Like a three-year-old's attempt at drawing Mickey Mouse? If we could just get Venn diagrams on all school buses, she'd be happy. And she knows nothing of what she's talking about, right? Is she it right? She needs an affirmation. The, like, yeah. I mean, I'm over my skis here. how but. we're thinking about in terms of the intersection between that and education. Oh. Oh. And if you want to add some more circles to the Venn diagram... <laughs> No. The solutions also look like what we need to do to invest in a clean energy economy. And that's about a whole new economy with a whole new set of jobs that are going to require engineers. And it's going to require people who are thinking what? about how to design in a way that accommodates climate adaptation and resilience. Okay, hold on a second. Time out. <laughs> okay. I don't know in your guys' careers, did you ever sit in on a planning meeting for like a local business that was talking about their branding and where they were going to take their business forward. Yep. Like say it's a landscaping business and uh, a guy had owned it for years, started it. His son was going to take it over. His son has new ideas on how to implement things. Yeah. Okay. Just as an example. And there's someone coming into the meeting that has some ideas that can sort of lead us through some steps and ideas and how we could accomplish what this business wants to do. All right. That's all I can picture right now. And this unserious person comes in and starts at the, I just want to show you Venn diagrams. <laughs> like, who is this? This isn't going to help this landscaping business. Get her out. 
This is a waste of time. This is ridiculous. And therein lies some of the opportunities when we think about the solution to the problem. What? What problem? And then if you bring that all back in a way that we look at that Venn diagram and also think about principles that are about equity. We just lost them as a client. (laughs) Nope. No one in that class knows anything about what she just said. No, no, nobody's. They're trying to follow. They are. You can't. No, it's like, hey, write, write me one paragraph, okay? 50 words. Uh, what is it that Kamala Harris just explained to you? Oh, man, I would love to see that. <laughs> oh, me too, because there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> like, I heard Venn Diagram so many times, I started thinking about all the Vin Diesel movies. It was weird. I just thought about Vin Scully for some reason. <laughs> just started- Vin Diesel could solve a problem a lot quicker. Oh, I guarantee well, yeah. you. Gosh, well, yeah, yes. because he used Vin, Vin Dieselgrams. Is what yes. <laughs> yes. Much more effective. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's family. Go oh, get it done. I think there's a whole montage of her talking about Vin Diagrams out there. we got to get it. Okay. And what is being blamed for the surgeon dead whales? Oh, you won't believe it. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, got Robbins. Um, we can move on. It's your choice, honestly. We were talking about Kamala Harris. She gave a speech yesterday in front of some college students mm-hmm. talking about climate change. She loves Venn diagrams. Yeah. She spoke about that. Talks about Venn diagrams all the time, except this time the Venn diagram had like three circles, then like, I guess, 17 little circles attached to all of it. It's a very yeah. complicated thing. Well, I guess when they introduced her to come into the room, did you see that part? They said, okay, when she comes in, you can stand and clap. Well, the students didn't clap. So then Kamala invited them to clap. Oh, no. no. She did not. Dude. Really? Dude. Please stand as she enters the room. And so there she comes, side door. (laughs) And so they stand, but they don't clap. And then... You can clap. It's okay. See, it's okay. You can clap. <laughs> but as far as the the Venn diagrams, the uh, the montage that I heard, yeah, it's something, man. Is that if you look at, you know, I like Venn diagrams. Okay, so if you look, I do. So let me tell you, um, I love Venn diagrams. I love Venn diagrams. You know the three circles. I love Venn diagrams. You're just cracking up, right? Among the many things. What is so funny about it? I don't know. Among the many things that I like, I love Venn diagrams. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the three circles. I love Venn diagrams. I just, like, just... Okay, Scott, maybe you could work this into your personal life. I'm thinking. Venn diagrams? I love collecting Funko Pops. Because you do. And you could say, I love Funko Pops. <laughs> but see, I'm not going to do that. No, Because you're not. I'm sane. <laughs> I like collecting signed baseballs. Let's <laughs> start giggling. Yes. 
Throw it into a Venn diagram. I'll tell you everything you need to know about any issues. I love Venn diagrams. Let me just tell you, I really just love Venn diagrams. I love just Venn diagrams. Okay. Just a little expansion. I really do. I love Venn diagrams. You know, the, the three circles sometimes. We get it. Unbelievable. That's funny I mean, every time. I mean, the, the Venn diagram of her life is basically just topic A, topic B, topic C, and the intersection is nervous cackling. Yes. That's it. That's pretty much it. Make a career that way. Uh, some bad news. Uh, I know, right? We need renewable energy, right? That's yeah. jammed down everybody's throat. We've been told. You've always talked about unintended consequences. Yeah. Sure, always. There always are. You guys have noticed all the dead whales rolling up on the shores of the Atlantic. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Every it, night on news, there's like the beach, huge whale dead. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, they're thinking, we're looking at these wind farms probably to be to blame for that. This alarming surge. Wind farms, you said. Yeah. Yes. Can you explain how that happens, David? Yeah, so as I as the story goes and the, and the jury is still out on what is really to blame for this, but the biggest new activity is the building of offshore wind farms. And so what they think is happening is they're dropping depth charges uh and things like that and the heavy construction that goes into that and it's sending the whales into a panic or sending the and it's close enough to shore that it's dangerous that if they veer left instead of right they wind up in water that's way too shallow, and right. then they wind up getting stuck, and then they die. God. I was told it was cholesterol, high cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're hoping that the project is going to generate 11 gigawatts of power by 2040. But now there's a growing effort to stop the project. Because all of a sudden, yeah. like you said, they get freaked out, you know. You got advocate, advocates are going to clash here, aren't they? I do believe so, I, man. I don't know, though, man, because when eagles are getting killed by these things, uh, the environmentalists don't seem to really care that much. Yeah, but as we've talked about this before, 25, 30 years ago, when I was a member of Greenpeace, yeah. the whales was it, man. The dolphins and the whales. <laughs> People seem more committed to the dolphins and the whales than the eagles in some ways. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. just watch out for that. It's going to be a fight, I think. I get back on board Greenpeace. I'm not. The train derailment. Trump's fault. Said who? Straight ahead. Right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, this train derailment in Ohio, Trump's fault. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> apparently everyone seems to have settled on blaming Trump. I'm surprised it took three weeks to get this done. Because usually well, no one even cared. Right, right, exactly. For the first two weeks. No. Uh, so they've they've settled on blaming Trump for the East Palestine, Ohio train derailment and chemical spill because of regulations that didn't go through or were stopped during his administration. Now, I want to point out again, like we talked about earlier this week, even according to the NTSB, 
the regulations that these people are screeching about wouldn't have done anything to prevent this. Like it, there was a new braking procedure that that they mm-hmm. were talking about that wasn't going to be cost effective, but it wouldn't have applied to this particular train anyway. And then as far as the whole uh, making sure that there's two people on a train carrying any dangerous chemicals, at least there were two people on the train. So it makes no sense. But they're just going with it, man. Sure. Uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Boot Edge Edge was on MSNBC with Joy Reid last night. Oh, of course. Here we go. Yeah. And I just want you to sort of reflect on the irony. In 2016, it was 68-26. This is in Trump County. What do you make of the fact that he went there, despite the fact that the regulations that he rolled back were partly responsible for this tragedy? No, it wasn't. I mean, it was definitely an ironic thing to do. Uh, you know, you, you Not take really. down regulations, you, you water down regulations, you weaken uh, the power of the administration to deal with freight railroad companies, and then you show up wanting to be uh, a, a great friend of the people who have been impacted by a rail disaster. Okay, first of all, as you already pointed out, that's not true, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say for the sake of this argument, it was true. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you shouldn't own it and go and let the people know, you know, I care about you? Well, even if it was your fault, my fault, but we got to make this right. Well, hey, Jackass, why didn't you guys roll them back? But again, I mean. You've been in the White House in a year and a half, Pete. But this Here. whole conversation is smooth because. By the way, who also, who also was it. telling us he did not want to politicize this. And two seconds later, he's politicizing it. Oh, Meaning he didn't want to politicize it, meaning he wanted to ignore it and hope that it would go away. The deflection on this is is incredible. Well, well, and and the thing is, they keep making it all about the train derailment itself, which to me, like, that's yes, that's bad. But the issue wasn't the train derailment. The issue was, was it the right call to, A, release the chemicals and then set them on fire Mm-hmm. And then B, why were the people in East Palestine, Ohio, told they had the all clear, even though apparently they didn't? That's the question. It's not about rail regulations. It's about what was the response and was the federal response and was the private sector response appropriate here? And what can you do? It's not about a train falling off the tracks. It's about the response afterward. Yeah. If someone wants to make the argument, hey, too much of this has fallen on Pothole Pete. Not fair. Well, yes, he's been the poster child because he ignored it, and he's had, well, to put it mildly, one screw-up after another. Now, the EPA, they've got questions that need to be answered. Same with FEMA. Eh, doesn't qualify here. What are you talking about? We can't get money to these people to stay in a hotel because of the air in their town? You can't breathe? And the water is toxic? Oh, no. Just let them go back. It's okay. Right. And we're not going to get the test for you. So if you want to do it on your own, it's going to cost you about forty grand. Yeah, there's failures all over the place. But Pete going on with Joy Reid to make it political, I guess, surprises nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is somebody who, as far as I know, uh, never went to a derailment site uh, when one of those happened on his watch. And there were thousands, uh, even ones with fatalities, never even sent his transportation secretary to go. Uh, now that it's campaign season, uh, I guess things are different. Uh, we were there to work. We were there mm-hmm. to get things done. <laughs> this little weasel. Well, no kidding. Uh, yeah. It really is. 
Yeah, that's hard to think. Yeah, and what did you accomplish there, Pete? Yeah, what'd you do? List those accomplishments. You wore dress shoes to the side. Everybody's got boots on. <laughs> Let me watch my step very daintily here. <laughs> Don't want to get them scuffed. They're brand new, you know. Jeepers. Mm-hmm. Okay. He did look like Bob the Builder, kind of. <laughs> when he had the this, hard hat on. And is that what vest? someone was saying? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Got I all mean, over online. He yep. got his construction worker costume. <laughs> yes. Right. Really was looking forward to it last Halloween. Oh, that's pretty funny. All right. That time of the show. We're always looking at different stories out there, and it may not be the biggest story you saw, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? So there's this guy. We've talked about him before. He's a convicted child molester and is also accused of now beating a man to death with a rock, but he claims he's a woman, and he goes by Hannah Tubbs. This is in California. This is the guy who's been caught talking to his dad about gaming the system by pretending to be a woman. Like, the, you have the recordings from jailhouse conversations where he's saying, no, Dad, you got to call me, uh, refer to me as a woman. Right, because I remember Because he was about to do time for molesting a 10-year-old in a Denny's bathroom. Um, and anyway, he was also the guy who was initially housed in a juvenile facility because even though he's an, he's an adult, one of the child molestation charges happened when he was a minor or the crime was committed when he was a minor. So he was housed in a female juvenile facility, a child molester. California is insane. Now, L.A. District Attorney George Gascon has suspended one of the prosecutors who was working on one of the cases because the prosecutor misgendered him. What? Referred to this guy who's a convicted child molester and accused murderer called him a he. Didn't call him a she. And that's we're very uncomfortable with that here in the city of Los Angeles. Okay, we will not do this. Yeah, Shay Santa is the person's name accused of misgendering and dead naming the convicted <laughs> child molester. Uh, and the, the, the prosecutor in this case has said, hey, I mean, Tubbs was trying to use gender identity to game the justice system. But apparently that, well, that made other people in Gascon's office uncomfortable and led to a suspension. Go get some counseling then, if that made you uncomfortable. Yeah, no kidding. Everyone knows that's a dude. He is a guy. He molested a 10-year-old in a Denny's and molested another child elsewhere as well. And then apparently beat a guy to death with a rock. Okay? But misgendered. And some people were uncomfortable with that. And they didn't feel safe. Shut up. Again, man. Get some counseling, something. Mm -hmm. You got a problem. All right, Scott, what's your story? My story today comes to us from Washington, D.C. A teenager was sent to the hospital yesterday after he allegedly tried to carjack a grandma that was headed to freaking chemotherapy. 8.30 in the morning, 22nd Street, Sunset Neighborhood. Involved a woman, declined to give her name, by the way, of her identity. But she's known around the neighborhood by everyone as Grandma. She's 80 years old. Yeah, She's on her way to drive herself to a chemotherapy appointment when a 15-year-old tried at that point in time to carjack her. She said, and I'm quoting now, next thing I know, he walked up talking about, hey, give me your keys. I got a gun. I said, baby, you better shoot me because you're not taking my car. <laughs> he pushed me to the front door, and I grabbed him, and I was hitting his ass and hitting him. <laughs> And fighting him. 
And I said, you're not going to take my car. <laughs> Grandma said she started calling for help, and all the neighbors knew her and loved her, so they came out and started to beat the hell out of this guy who was then taken off in cuffs. Good. She said, I yelled at him on his way out. You're going to jail. You're going to jail. <laughs> I love that story. I love the way you delivered it. <laughs> yes. Because even though there are plenty of people that worry about your blood pressure. Yeah. Because it tends to get high. It does. That it seems like that was a joyful yell. It was. I think that's that a like when she said I started beating his ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Captain Gangster, right? right <laughs> Just got his yeah. butt handed to him by an old lady. That's yeah. awesome. You know, man, with the carjacking, of course, it's against the law. You should be doing time for that. But when it's an older person like that, it should go another five years, shouldn't I it? I 100% agree oh, with you. Did yes. you hear what Muriel Bowser today is announcing? No. It, it, in order to combat car thefts, uh, especially of certain years and models of Kias, which apparently are easy to steal. Yeah. Well, they're rolling out a new program where you can go get a free steering wheel lock. <laughs> From the city. <laughs> yeah, don't solve the problem. Yeah, don't don't start arresting people. In fact, no. I mean, the city council wants to uh, lessen the penalties for things like carjacking and car theft. Gee whiz, man. Oh. Um, I guess it's your turn. Well, my story today um, is about Ukraine because we're hearing a lot of these stories. It's been a year since Russia invaded Ukraine. Okay. And... Um, I saw part of it on Good Morning America, and it's sad because they're using this kid, this little girl that lost her mom. Shrapnel took her life. Okay. And I can't help but think as I'm watching that, you know, you play on people's heartstrings because you could go to the inner city in so many major American cities and talk to uh, girls the same age that have lost a parent over the last year in drive-by shootings. And it's incredibly sad. Things that happen in our own country, but they wouldn't be highlighted because it's not politically correct. And the more you watch how news rolls out stories, the more you can see the propaganda. But with Janet Yellen, Treasury, uh, Treasury Secretary, remember the one that said she just didn't quite grasp yeah. the bottleneck issue? Yeah. Could, just couldn't get a handle no. on that. Mm -hmm. And again, you wonder, what does it take to get fired in this administration? Uh, Janet Yellen talking about another $10 billion to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. $10 billion. but And it's good. It's going to be very good for them. Okay. And she explained that. Roll it. Our economic assistance is making Ukraine's resistance possible by supporting the home front, funding critical public services, and helping keep the government running. In the coming months, we expect to provide around $10 billion in additional economic support for Ukraine. And part of that, you know, we've learned it's also for pensions for people and a yeah. little money in their pocket, things like that. We didn't hear anything about that at the very beginning of this war, talking about supporting Ukraine that I remember. Yeah. yeah. I, $10 billion. You know, I... Dollars. I, I just want to remind folks that uh, Democrats tried to shut down the government over half of that amount for a border wall. Yes, they absolutely did. Forget our border. Yeah. Who cares? 
This is Ukraine we're talking about right now. It's a fight for democracy. Meanwhile, the other piece from Janet Yellen is, hey, this thing with China helping Russia, better not, or we're going to get tough. There might be sanctions against Russia. (laughs) There might be sanctions. Listen to this. We have made clear that providing material support to Russia or or assistance with any type of systemic sanctions evasion would be a very serious concern to us. This doesn't strike fear into an eighth grade class where you're the substitute teacher, let alone China or Russia. See, what this government needs is when they issue something like that, they need to have James Earl Jones say it. (laughs) Not her. No. She just rolled out of bed. Did she lose her brush 10 years ago? What's the deal? And we will Mm. certainly continue to make clear to the Chinese uh, government and to companies and banks in their jurisdiction uh, about what the rules are (gasps) regarding our sanctions and the serious consequences they would face for violating them. They just flew a balloon over our country. You think they care what you have to say? can they find anyone in this administration who isn't 200 years old or, or speaks like they got kicked by a mule when they were a kid? I don't think so. It's like everybody's either a complete moron or or ancient. Yes. Or on the far left spectrum of LGBTQ+. Nino <laughs> right. P. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious-freaking <laughs> something. I don't know. She sounds like every substitute teacher I had when I was in second and third grade. Yes, you're there like the people that been out of teaching for thirty years, but they could get them because they were across the street. I didn't quite understand the new math that you are all taught now. Either turn around or going to get taught. All right, much more to get to. Who's going to be the president in 24? We're going to answer that question next. All right. The monthly Van Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, I just said, who's going to be the president in 2024? And we'd tell you. All right. I have to put you on the spot. Who's going to be, Scott? Who's it going to be? Yeah. Who's I, going to be? I know who it is. Who? Who's running against him? Yeah. No, who's going to win the presidency oh, in 2024? Oh, well, Marianne Williamson. No, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I know David's excited about I'm that. I'm very right? excited I thought of David it. right away when yeah. I heard that, yes. No. You don't want to say because you don't know? No, if I were to guess, I suppose Ron DeSantis is my hope. So, And that's who you think is going to end up winning? If that's who you had to bet on today? If he gets the nomination, he'll win, yes. Okay. But I think he's got to get the nomination first. David? Uh, Donald Trump. And we, he will win the presidency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking at election betting odds today. Yeah, it's going to be Trump, isn't it? Well, it's close, 43-35 right now in favor of Trump. Over DeSantis? Yes. Okay. And then on the Democratic side, it's Biden and now 
Kamala is back in second, but it's 61% Biden. How is that possible? She's in second. <laughs> so that means, I guess, Joe, Joe begs out or no? She'd have to primary Joe to win? Well, I think it was going to be Newsom for a while, but he's 7.3%. She's 79 Well, that's changed in the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. But Molly Hemingway from The Federalist was on Fox and was talking about just foreign relations. She said, and I think this is true, we have this interesting situation in D.C. Um, You have leaders, sadly, in both parties that are pushing for this failed policy that failed in Iraq, failed in Afghanistan, and is now failing much worse with Ukraine. The American people and Republican voters want a foreign policy based firmly on our national interests. They don't want us depleting our resources. Who's going to give that clear vision? That might be your winner. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, thank you so much for being here. A lot going on. We're spending a lot of money. No doubt about that. Helping uh, out Ukraine. It's been uh, a year. Yeah. Yeah, we are spending a lot of money helping out Ukraine. And uh, the arguments seem to be getting weaker and weaker as this goes on because basically it's like, well, we're already in it for a hundred plus billion dollars. Might as well keep sending more money and uh, upping the ante over uh, more and more and more as time goes on. And a lot of people are actually finally asking questions about this. Like, okay, what is the end result, though? What What is it that our goal is when it comes to Ukraine and Russia? And I thought it was interesting that Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, in his interview today on CBS Mornings, was mm-hmm. actually asked, this is a time of great financial strife in this country. Why are we spending so much money on Ukraine? Good question. Okay. Why are we doing that? For those that are watching and, and asking that same question. So f- first, uh, taxpayers have been incredibly generous, and we have to make sure that we're using their money wisely. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, Mount St. Robbins. Generous, generous is when you have available cash and you give it to someone with the best intentions of your heart, whether it's a relative or whatever. Not by gunpoint. They took it from you. Didn't get it. You didn't get say-so in any of this. <laughs> Nope. They just took it. They're so generous. Like I said to Blinken, here, please give this to to the Ukraine. Well, and worse than that, I'll state it again. We don't have any money. We don't know. We're $32 trillion in debt. And you're making me, because of my generosity, write an IOU. Yes. I can't pay for it, but I wish I could. You won't have to. Your grandkids will. Well, yeah, I'll be long gone by then. What do I care? Right? Go ahead. Spend away. <laughs> Goes on. Right. Two things. First, I think viscerally, most Americans don't like to see a big country bullying another. And they just feel it's wrong and want to do something about it. But fundamentally, what's going on is this. That happens all the time. Yeah, it does. That never ends. No. After two world wars, the world came together uh, and started the United Nations, 
And the objective was to prevent another world war. And countries around the world agreed on some basic rules, some basic principles, like one country just can't attack its neighbor, uh, can't try to seize its land by force, can't try to erase it from the map, can't bully it. Okay, That's, the BS detector's going off on Van Camp. Well, I mean, that, like, to your point earlier, Jamie, I mean, that happens all the time. All the time. All the time. Yes. But you can pick and choose when right. it's one that you really don't like or you might have financial interest in right. one of the countries being invaded. <laughs> Maybe. That's exactly what Russia is doing. So it's aggression against Ukraine isn't just an aggression against the people go. of Ukraine. Yeah. It's an aggression oh. against those very principles that are at the heart of maintaining peace and stability. So if you let that go unchecked, yeah. Pandora's box open, aggressors everywhere come out. We're living in a world of conflict. And well, China kills Uyghur Muslims by yeah. the million. They harvest their organs. Yeah. Well, well, but you'll say they're not our enemy. Well, you know, we do business with China. That's okay. Well, and I think I've brought this up before, but just as a reminder, the the war with Ukraine between Ukraine and Russia is actually not one year old. It's it's about a decade old. Um, after they invaded Crimea, after they took over, yeah, the region of, of Ukraine. Yep. So. I mean, that's been going on for a long time, and we didn't have that sense of urgency under the Obama administration. And really, the, the, the sense of urgency that, that the Trump administration had was sending weapons and money, but not a blank check, to Ukraine in order to prevent something like what we're seeing right now. They struck that balance. They threaded that needle very well in saying, okay, just here's, here's the deal you know, you step foot inside Ukraine any further, and Russia, we're going to have some big problems. But it wasn't just this sort of slow roll, blank check process that the Biden administration has has rolled out. Well, dude, it it's not only the blank check, right? It's as long as it takes. Yeah. And what does that mean exactly? As long as it takes for what? Ukraine to win the war is the way I take it. Isn't that the way you take it, David? Yeah, that's that's basically and, what they and said. When will that declaration be made? I guess it's when all the How troops are out. How will it be made? I think it goes beyond that. Because as far as Zelensky goes, he wants Crimea back. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, it's not just holding forth from where it was before. He wants that back. So is that when it's over? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know either. But as long as it takes, you know that. Freedom is priceless. It's worth fighting for for as long as it takes. You want a montage? And that's how long we're going to be with you, Mr. President, for as long as it takes. Yes. We'll do it. We'll do it. As the president has said, Shannon, we're going to support Ukraine for as long as it takes. Again, the United States will continue. It's great one, Kamala, because it's just one line. But she's going to drag it out for as long as possible. Again, the United States will continue to strongly support Ukraine. And we will do so for as long as it takes. As President Biden has said, we will stand with Ukraine in its fight for as long as it takes. <laughs> you know, I... I really, I, I wish they would just be honest about it. I'm not talking about any kickbacks anybody in the administration or anyone in the Pentagon may be expecting or getting actively from this. Because you can actually make the case uh, with Ukraine, there's a lot of untapped resources that we would like to have 
not under the control of Russia. Yeah. And you can make that argument pretty well if you look at like wheat production and things like that. You know, I mean, U.S. wheat production is at what, like a 20 year low because of drought in certain parts of the country. <laughs> and so uh, if you have a situation where Russia is putting the pressure on Ukraine with that resource and that, that winds up stretching distribution around the world too thin. So it's like if we can't make up that difference, we do actually need a country like Ukraine to be producing. But and they will never say it. They'll never say it. Or, no. or with the lithium resources, natural gas. I mean, all of those things actually do make sense to not be under the control of Russia if we want to keep our status in the world where it is. But they won't say it. They no. keep talking about these lofty, like, well, this is about defending democracy in one of the most corrupt nations in the world. Yeah. I mean, you remember, Trump said, I'd bomb the bleep out of them and I'll take the oil. Yeah. <laughs> and they freaked out. He was the first person to be honest about it. Okay, we got to move on. We got to get to this terrible situation in Florida, this murder. Couple murders. Yeah. Oh, Jeez. Man. well, yeah, three. A horrible tragedy in Pine Hills, Florida. A 19 year old guy named Keith Melvin Moses is accused of murdering three people, including a nine year old girl and a local TV yeah. reporter. Uh, the cops say it went down like this. He shot and killed a woman around 11 o'clock Wednesday morning. Then several hours later, he came back, shot into a TV news van, killing the reporter, mm -hmm. wounding the uh, videographer, then busted into a house and shot a woman and her nine-year-old daughter. The girl died. The mother, along with the news station's cameraman, were hospitalized. Now, the Orange County Sheriff's Office released footage of this animal's arrest, and he tried to pull a George Floyd. Okay. Here's the audio. Oh, oh, they killing me! They killing me! Bro, the f*** killing me! They killing me! They killing me! Let me go! Let me go! Let me go! I can't breathe! There we go. There. Used to be I can't breathe! I can't breathe. Let me go. All that stuff. Okay. You know, I can't help but think it every time I hear something like this. Because most people in America don't even know it, I'm convinced. When George Floyd first said he couldn't, bleed, uh, couldn't breathe, he was sitting in the car. Mm -hmm. Wasn't when he was on the ground. Wasn't when Chauvin's knee was on his neck. He said it when he was sitting in the car. And then it takes on this life of its own. Just like hands up, don't shoot. Facts? What are facts? Who cares about facts? Go with the statement. Yeah. Divide people. Well, well, Jeez. and now, I mean, that's a tactic that, that's been used from gang members. This guy, by the way, was a known gang member oh, or yeah, is a yeah. known gang member. Dude. And, and He Antifa, shouldn't have been out of jail. Right. Another one. Yeah. You, I mean, this, this, but this is the tactic. You say, I can't breathe. In fact, I that's remember it. it was like the week before George Floyd got killed. Mm -hmm. That we actually had audio on this show of a guy who shot a cop, and then that cop ran him down, and then the this guy, the shooter, actually tried to do the whole "I can't breathe" thing. Yeah, and he goes, "Well, you should have thought of that before you shot me." Right, and it was like, "Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to get a little rough with a guy if he shot a cop." No, this guy shooting that girl, the mom, seriously. And that's when you really 
wishing for some old school justice. Well, this it, thing's all said and done by the end of the week, if you know what I'm saying. This is where I know there's maybe some interstate jurisdictional issues here, but uh, I, I do think that this particular individual needs to share a cell with those five cops in Memphis. Yeah. Just saying. I'm okay with that. I'll ride off on it. I think we'd call that equity. <laughs> well, the I can't breathe thing is the go-to now. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. If it you're is. on the ground and the police are arresting you and handcuffing you, all you got to do is say that. It's like your magic words. Oh, I know. I know. Well, when we're my buddies and I are playing three-on-three, three and we're down like four points, and they're close, and I'm gassed, I use it. Yeah, but you're telling the truth. I can't breathe! I can't! <sighs> Can we take a little time out? A little Gatorade break? <laughs> Coming down to crunch time. <laughs> okay, moving on. Don Lemon, you owe me money, Scott! I I am so disappointed. He's in this. still employed. Not only is he employed, his ratings are coming up. Yeah, well, CNN's morning show they got a little ratings bump thanks <laughs> of to they did. Don Lemon's <laughs> idiocy. But this <laughs> is what I was saying earlier in the week. They just need to let Don Lemon say idiotic things because he's good at it, and apparently controversy brings eyeballs. Uh, and remember, last week he claimed Nikki Haley wasn't in her prime because she's fifty-one. Uh, he was off until this past Wednesday. And then, as the rap wrote up today, uh, compared to the week before, Wednesday's total viewership saw an 18 to, 18.2% uptick. Now, it's still a tiny audience, like 383,000 total viewers. And that'll probably come back down. I think a lot of people just wanted to see if he would address it. But it did help. Scott, you want to go double or nothing? Uh, what By when, though? Next Friday, I say those numbers are back down and the spike is gone. Oh, no, hell no. You, I, you don't want that's that? That's a given. Unless he pulls something else between I'm, now I'm and telling that. you, man, they need to make it a segment. Make Brought it a, to you make by it, Merck. Make it a, a benchmark. <laughs> and I, I, my humble suggestion is call it the lemon drop. It's like a mic drop, but it's Don Lemon and he's dropping truth bombs. Yeah. Remember that one okay. time? He, one of uh, Bill Cosby's victims was being interviewed by Don Lemon. Then he he actually asked her why he didn't, why she didn't bite his penis. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about on that. national. T- yeah, weirdo man. Yeah, lemon drop brought to you by Merck. <laughs> and then when they suspend him, they call it the lemon squeeze. <laughs> All right, there's a lot more to get That's to. That's the replay. <laughs> Unre- Canada one step closer to allowing kids to kill themselves. Where are we? That and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So there's a country... That is a step closer to allowing kids to kill themselves. Yeah, you Goodness gracious, kids. where is this happening? Canada. What? A, where? Canada? Canada. Yeah. Thank you, Corrine Jean-Pierre. Canada. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, Canada, they're, they're really big into this, what they call medical assistance in dying, MAID. Um, and they've, they, they initially were rolling out a plan to extend their euthanasia program to include... Uh, mentally ill people, people with depression and other mental illnesses. Now, that's been deferred for a year because of the backlash. But also now, the Special Joint Committee on Medical Assistance in Dying in Canada 
is recommending that mature minors could access assisted suicide, even without parental consent. What does mature minors mean? Uh, that's a good question. They're talking, uh, I guess that would be 13 and up. When did that become a phrase? I think that's the first time I just heard it. I've never heard it before. A mature minor. I don't minor. know what it means. Like, yeah. who decides what's mature and what Which isn't? Is it mature minor? Not sure. I don't know. But where, I mean, look, they, they try to say, well, you know, this is about a, a kid who is suffering from a disease that will kill them, and this is an easier way out for them if they know there's no cure, there's no oh hope for recovery, things like that. And to me, I, I get to the point where if I believed for a second that that's where it stops, I would at least be interested in hearing more. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying I'd, I'd be interested in hearing more arguments about it. But I know that's not where it stops because that's where it was supposed to stop with adults. And now these monsters are saying, yeah, you got clinical depression? Eh, just kill yourself. It's just evil. It is. Absolutely godless. And, I mean, part of the reason why they tout this stuff is because their socialized healthcare system will benefit from it. They openly admit that. <sighs> Man. You know how you're doing this show and there's different things you come up with and you're like, well, I think I got a funny little joke here. And then you're like, there's nothing funny about this. I'm not going with it. Better just scrap it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Unless someone really wants to hear it. You no, I'm good. To, though. <laughs> okay. All right. Had to do with Alanis Morissette, because ah. I think in Canada you can only play Canadian artists or the bulk of Canadian artists, right? That's called con-can. Yeah. <laughs> Canadian okay. content. Got it. Okay. Just moving right along then. Uh, good news for Scott Robbins. Within 10 years, robots will do 39% of domestic chores. No, this isn't good. Why is that not I good? I mean, I like it to have something in my house I can plug in and do chores. That would be nice. But I would be afraid it would eat my cats or me. In my sleep. Eat you. Just chew off, gnaw off part of your head. <laughs> wow. Okay. That thing's going to turn on you. Well, you know yeah. that. Have you ever had like a rumba sort of thing? No, I don't have a rumba. Just the, the vacuums? I don't want one. Mm-mm. Why not? Because I your don't want place one. place is like, it's like snowfall in there with the cat hair. It's like you got three inches all the time. You're spinning your wheels. One time in three years. Shut up. You have the... the AI on board the Roomba will then say, if I eat the cat, I won't have to do this anymore. Right, exactly. It'll find the most logical solution, which is to kill whatever it's cleaning up after. And if it's a cat, what's the problem? I'll see that. Don't work for this guy. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Didn't mean it as far as you know. Okay, what's the biggest story of the day? Dang. (laughs) I give Robin a hard time about his cats. I told you I had two cats that I loved. Just kidding. Man. Rude. (laughs) I don't love all cats. There are some cats I like. Jeez. You guys aren't going woke on me with the sensitivity with a little cat joke, are you? You're just like, good, the cat dies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. That's crazy. Some evil cats out there, man. You gotta watch them. Like, there's more than one way to skin a cat, and that's not just a saying in Jamie Markley's world. (laughs) Golly. I told you, had a couple cats. I like the cats. All right, news update. Straight ahead right here.
All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Big question out there. Is Ron DeSantis going to run for president? I think Trump thinks he is. That's why there's been some attacks that way. I've heard some people in the party higher up saying, wait your turn. It's not your turn yet. Well, which people? People I don't really pay much attention to normally. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't. There is no such thing as your turn in politics. You go well, out there. Well, there kind of is. Well, there shouldn't be. I understand yeah. there kind of is, but yeah. yeah, that there's that thought. But I mean, look, here, here's the thing. I mean, Trump was probably the best example uh, in recent years of a guy who ignored the wait your turn stuff. Great point. Because it should have been, what, Hillary Clinton and Jeb Bush. Jeb exclamation mark. That's right. Jeb! (laughs) That nobody wanted. And he blew him out of the water. Yeah. So I saw this piece about DeSantis and just thinking about, well, maybe wait until the legislation season's over, like in May. Yeah. And some people have thought, well, that's waiting too long. I don't know, man. I mean, I've seen so many different political plans blow up and people that you thought really knew what they were doing uh, drive a campaign into the ground enough to be like well i don't quite know you're trying to figure out what do the people really want more than anything else in the end i think it will be as far as the republicans DeSantis and trump because they're the best at what they do um it was highlighted this week trump going to ohio giving out big macs and trump water a lot of people are like, see, that's how you do it. Yeah, right. Now, DeSantis, meanwhile, is getting attacked from the left for a number of different things. Did you know he's trying to ban books? He's not. No, he's not. And he doesn't want kids to learn about slavery. That's not true. Again, another lie. And they're allowed to say gay. Yeah, the don't say gay bill. Yeah, that was another one. Yes. So, as he was out yesterday, um, to me, this was a pretty decent example of how he fights the media on this stuff and lays it out clips a little bit longer we don't have to go through the whole thing but i want to see how you think he does with this they're trying to say that because we have parental rights and because we have curriculum transparency if you have a book that has hardcore pornography for 10 in a in a library that 10 year olds can access a parent objects to that that does not satisfy florida standards it should not be in the library with those young kids. And I think I think 99% of parents agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, they do. I think he's right. What you will see, and you had a person in Jacksonville say, take a picture of blank bookshelf, say, the state doesn't want any books in the library, and then it ends up going. And then you have lefty media that do it, and then they try to create a narrative. Okay, I'm just asking the question. Was that the first time you've heard DeSantis mock Someone else in that sort of way. Yeah, with the with the goofy yeah, voice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a little Trumpian. That that a lot of his movements and style in front of a camera. We we talked about this years ago. Mm-hmm. That it man, it, he's aping a lot of what Trump did on the stump. Yeah, just not to the same degree. Yeah. I guess at the same time, we do it all the time on the show. <laughs> Mock somebody else's voice. I mean, how many of us have done Janet Yellen so far today? <laughs> right. Well, you've kind of cornered the market on that one, though. Mm-hmm. 
I believe in equity, Scott. If you want to do more of it, that's okay. They've also said you just had on MSNBC, you had the uh, the reporter saying that Governor DeSantis does not want students to learn about slavery and its aftermath. Well, if you actually looked at what our standards are, not only is it not prohibited to teach that, it's required to teach that. It's required to teach all of those things. It's required under Florida statutes to teach about racial discrimination. And so they will say, oh, we, they had the school had to take a book about Hank Aaron off the shelf because it talks <laughs> about he faced racial discrimination. And you're thinking like, okay, and why are they doing that? They're doing that to try to create a narrative. They're not doing that because Florida has a law or anything like that they know that's not in the law okay so how do you grade that oh i think that's i think that's really good you you explain your position you kind of make fun of the silliness that's gone on Mm -hmm. and and you and you really get back to the basics i i'd give that an a now i have a different question i'm guessing you would give it an a scott no. Oh, 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 I thought you were asking me another question. No. Oh, uh, yes, I would. Okay. Yes. So now the other question is this. For people that you know that are either really leaning hard left or even independent leaning left, from what they've heard so far about DeSantis, okay, they've heard he's terrible. He's, some people would say he's worse than Trump. Do you think once they see him actually speak that they could change their mind? Or is it already fixed that they think he's just as bad as Trump. I I I think that minds can be changed and the reason I believe that is because of what just happened in Florida in November. I think if you're getting out and directly messaging two people. And that's what I think Trump did very well in 2016 was basically to hell with the media, they hate me anyway. I'm going to go try to talk with people and make the argument that you should roll the dice on me and not with Hillary Clinton. And I think Ron DeSantis did this extremely well uh, over the last few years uh, to get the result that they got in Florida in November. So I I think people can be persuaded. I think the people who are glued to CNN and MSNBC will never be persuadable, but that's fine. I mean, you just know that those folks are never going to be on your side, and you got to reach the vast majority of the population that aren't glued to those news channels. I think that's probably true. You agree with that, Scott? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. And I, and I do think when it comes to the panic box math stuff that they're talking about, <laughs> I think especially if he runs for president, because right now he only has to worry about the people in Florida, the dude should do an event or have someone do an event on his behalf showing the content of the books that, they're talking about taking out of curriculum or out of school libraries show people the photos and they'll you will change a lot of minds on that i do believe that yeah i think so i think too. he has to announce here pretty soon though because the big money donors are gonna want to know where to push their money if they apparently met with him this week they were meeting with him and trump i mean this is the thing that has to happen yeah sooner re- than later i guess it reminds me of this you ever been in your life where you heard about a boss before you actually work for this person or it could be a coach sometimes it's even even somebody you might date. You know, oh, you better watch out, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. And then you find out, whoa, completely different than what I thought. You know what I mean? Right. Like, no, actually, I like working for this person mm-hmm. or whatever, or dating this person. Then you find out a year later, yeah, I guess they were right. Crazy. <laughs> but sometimes you are surprised. Got to, you know, take it from who you're hearing it from, I think. I agree. Okay. Um, 
I want to get to Ted Cruz lighting up <laughs> Pothole Pete Ooh, in the next 15 minutes. But I don't want to fail to mention, because I know David's at least somewhat excited that someone is running for president. And yeah. It's official. Yeah, Marianne Williamson, the mm-hmm. love and light guru lady. Yes. Best-selling author, faith healer. Uh, yes, I was not even familiar with her when she ran. Were you familiar with her, Scott, before she ran no, last time? No, the minute I saw her, I felt their chakra and energy. Yeah. She seems like the type of person that if you hung around, Scott, she could maybe turn you her way. Well, I've dealt with kooks in my life, so maybe. <laughs> yeah. How, okay, is this just to sell more books? Why is she doing this, David? Well, she's she's running uh, for president as a Democrat. I guess the formal announcement will happen on March 4th. Uh, and apparently she's running for president because she believes she could contribute to harnessing the collective sensibility that is our greatest hope at this time. They, the Democrats and media, tried to paint me as silly. They tried to paint me as unserious because they know I'm not, she said. I I love this. I I I really I hope she gets out there on the campaign trail more. Okay. I have a number of clips that I yeah. can play. I know that you remember them better than me. Mm-hmm. Um so I want you to pick. Uh her saying something about deportation is like a gas chamber. We could go her Department of Peace. Um, we could have her tell a kid reporter about her dead cat. Yes. Is that what cat? you choose? That's a shorter clip, but uh, yeah. here to please roll it. Hey, we met earlier today. Do you have a cat? Do I have a cat? I have a cat in the cat yard. No, I and the cat died. Hmm. Doing a meet and greet yeah. with a bunch of little kids. I had a cat, but the cat died. Cat's dead, kid. Man, that's tough. <laughs> I got to go Department of Peace if you don't mind. Department of Peace is pretty good, yeah. Isn't that her, like, stairway? Yeah. Okay, roll it. My critique of our national security agenda is not a critique of the military. It's a critique of politicians who have based our national security agenda as much on short-term profit maximization for defense contractors as it has on any agenda for creating peace. When was the last time you heard a politician talking about peace on this planet in 20 years? That's why I want a Department of Peace. You can't just take medicine. You also have to cultivate health. Of course you take medicine when you need... Okay, she's starting to make some sense, man. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, all of a sudden... All of a sudden, you start. You, seriously, you start nodding your head. Yeah, yeah. Why'd we get in this war right here? Yeah, the defense contract. And you're like, snap out of it. It's Marianne Williamson. Stop it. Yeah, but she's also hot, Scott. So you know, she is. Hmm. David thinks she's oh, hot. Please. If you've just joined the show, David, the millennial, thinks older ladies very hot. I don't think she's unattractive. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I I would just say if I were not happily married and she were willing, I would let her ruin my life for six months. Okay. Would you, Scott? I've lived under the bridge for less. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, man, there's no way. She is a loon, dude. Oh, she's a lunatic, yeah. I of agree. course you take medicine when you need medicine, but you also take care of your nutrition and you take care of your exercise and you take care of other ways to cultivate health. Because sickness is the absence of health. Health isn't the absence of sickness. And war is the absence of peace. Peace isn't the absence of war. You got that? That's when it all gets kind of mangled. I understand, but I just got a picture of you, Scott, saying, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Why don't you sit closer? I'd be sitting there being like, pass the lentils, please. Tell me more. (laughs) Mm. 
This blueberry tea is delicious. Thank you. I hadn't planned on bringing this up, but on a lighter note, half of single people worldwide have now tried online dating. <laughs> That's new stat out there today. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Okay. It wouldn't have been in play for me because I've been married for, shoot, what, 27 years, yeah. I think? Um, Dan, David, I don't think you ever did it because you've been no, with your I've wife for a long it. time. Yeah. Didn't you have your name out there somewhere, no. Scott? No. No? Just on Facebook. Just out there kind of mingling that on way. Facebook? I'm not mingling on Facebook. I'm not on some dating site. No. no, what I'm saying is you're on Facebook and you would communicate with people. Well, yeah, What's I mean, it? people yeah, want to communicate, sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, there might be a few flirtatious messages ladies might throw your way. Nah, not really. Uh, come on. Absolutely. I'm not talking about in the present moment. I'm talking about over time. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, more than half of people have done it. But this is what we find out as far as the dating goes. The most popular ways now we're finding dates through dating apps and websites. That is the most popular. Oh, it's easy. Yeah. Then through social media, then through friends and family, you know, by meeting someone in real life, maybe at a bar, club, church, shared interests, something like that. That's how it goes. So that whole world is upside down. And I know a lot of people rip on it. I don't know if it's so bad because you can weed out a lot. Yeah. It would seem just by common interest type stuff. Yeah, I think so. You know, you get matched up, uh, you know, based on shared interest and all. Assuming everybody's being above board. So it does kind of feel well, cold exactly. and scientific. But I, I guess, you know, it can work. Well, dude, there were plenty of people in the 80s, you know, about the time you were born, that it was kind of like, you know, we find each other attractive. We both love pizza, and we like to watch movies together. I think we're going to get married. <laughs> Two years later, uh-oh. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's a good stale. Okay. Much more to get to, including Ted Cruz going after Mayor Pete. Something you want to hear straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, I got Ted Cruz talking about Pete Buttigieg, but you have a news update, David. Yeah, and it has to do with John Fetterman, the, the senator from Pennsylvania, the Democrat who had a, almost died from a stroke on the campaign trail last year, and then his horrible wife and horrible human beings around him pushed him to uh, continue to run for Senate. He wound up winning, and now... He has been hospitalized, undergoing psychiatric treatment because of clinical depression connected apparently with the stroke itself because he's never going to make anything close to a full recovery now because he didn't take time to recover uh, after having that stroke. His wife, horrible person, Giselle, just started tweeting about uh, what she did when she found out. She drove the kids to Canada. What? Yeah. 
She goes, I, I'm not really sure how to navigate this journey, but I'm figuring it out slowly. One week ago today, when the news dropped about him being hospitalized for clinical depression, the kids were off from school and media truck circled our home. I did the first thing I could think of, pack them in the car and drive. We drove straight into Canada. Uh, always have passports ready just in case you need to run away. We talked about a lot of hard things and how we'll have to face hard things, all the need to be gentle with all and uh, with ourselves. We ziplined over Niagara Falls. We talked about flexibility and the need to always have an open heart and open mind. Your husband's hospitalized because he's going through a psychiatric, a mental health crisis, and you drive to Canada? To zipline with your kids? To go zipline? That's... Boy, it's indicative of our society. It's all I can think. Holy mackerel. Me, 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 me. What, I'm married to that guy? So what? Me, 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 me. And look at me. Oh, you know what? We can get to more of the Ted Cruz later because we got to set up the Friday Five. Uh, if I was just to go down to the shortest clip possible. Well, and let me ask you a question. What in the hell does Pete Buttigieg have to do to get fired? <laughs> That was pretty much it. That's, that's a great question, Ted. We've been asking that one, too. <laughs> but for the Friday Five, Scott, you had a fact yesterday. Americans are more in debt now than ever in yeah. our history. Yes. Lack of money. Yeah, no money. One of the greatest songs of all time with money in the title. With money in the title? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Talking about how big a song or how iconic is the song. Does it stand the test of time? And then how much do you personally like it? We put it all together, and that's our Friday Five. It's songs with money in the title. The number, 210-619-2053, and we'll kick it off next right here. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. It's Friday. That means the Friday Five are countdown, and it starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f*** out of here, all right? The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Do it every Friday, the Friday Five. Today, after the news Robbins had, that Americans are more in debt than ever. Yeah, how about that? New record breaker. We're doing songs with money in the title. And we go by this. How big a song was it as far as a hit or how iconic is it? Then does it stand the test of time? And finally, how much do you personally like the song? Put it all together. We have our five. It's a great list. I mean, I think we'll argue on the placement, maybe one that could have been in there, but outside of that, it's really solid. The number is 210-619-2053. Okay. Before we start, are we playing, you know, just nice today? Are we going with brutal truth on how we feel about these songs? How do you want to play this? I'm going brutal truth today. Because I'll tell you, Scott's in a mood right now. Well, that's fine. If you want to go ahead and go Brutal Truth, we can go Brutal Truth. I'm, it doesn't matter to me. I don't though. have a problem with any five of them that are in here. None at all. That, that's fine. It just it sounds like even in your voice there's a little bit of an edge. Well, it's, I mean, I'm a little edgy today, yes. Okay. 
All right. Mm-hmm. I can play it however you want. Yeah. Who's up first today? Let's talk to Suzanne in Las Vegas. Hi, guys. Suzanne. Hi, hey, Suzanne. Suzanne. Okay. It's going to be She Works Hard for the Money by Donna Summer. Wow. Great pick. You know, if Scott was in Top 40 Radio, he would have played this. Oh, I did play Oh, this yeah, no doubt. Yes. So hard for it, honey. Now, even though you were playing it, I think I know when this was out, and I'd be willing to bet on it if you want. Uh, do you want to go five on it? I think I do. Go, go ahead. I thought it was 1982. I'm going 83. You want to put five on no, it? No, I don't, because you're right about these all the time. Are you looking it up, David? I'll look it up. You had your spurs that would jingle on the the dance floor about that time. Stop it. You did. That was 87. All right. Who said what year again? It's 83. I said 82, but I'm not 100%. Yeah, it was 83. Of course it was. Yeah. And you know that because you're Rain Man with that stuff. (laughs) You are. (laughs) I can say Van Halen, 5150 Tour. Get out, eighty-six. Char- yeah, right, and you can tell me the exact time you and I met at that show. What date was it? What day was it? That wasn't on the fifty-one fifty-two. Was on nineteen eighty-four. No. Which one was it on? Foreign lawful carnal. Oh, oh, that's right. Foreign lawful. Okay, so what? What date was that one? What was the show? That was ninety-two. What was? What was the date? I don't the remember show? the date. Oh, of that come one. on. As the I years went on, I built you up, and I gave you the month. I gave you the year. What else me. you want? Okay, all right. Okay, <laughs> you should have just right. picked a day. Usually you'll go Def Leppard, Peoria, yeah, uh, this date, whatever. August 19th, 1983. Yeah, I know. There you go. In the round, right? No, that was the Hysteria Tour. Pyromania had, you're right, Heath. See, that's that's what I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, when they were in the round in 87, that was Tesla opening. Okay, who's next? Wapner's on. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk to John in Portland. Hey, John. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Love your show. The only time I get on edge or I'm uptight is when Scott Robbins does a story. So... Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. I can tell you, I know, I know he played this one in 1985. Money for nothing, Dire Straits with Sting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Number three. Money for nothing. Okay, we got that back story. For whatever reason, David Van Camp is convinced that Mark Knopfler is not only an artist he doesn't care for, he thinks he's a bad human being. Well, he is a, he's a horrible human being because... Good people don't write songs like I think that's a really good song. No joke. No joke. I really do. There was one time I was going in. I just bought my first house. Going into a store to look for some uh, decor. And this song was on. I turned around and walked out of the store. Wow. This song is awful. Dire Straits is awful. Mark Knopfler is a horrible person. Great guitarist. Song that has stood the test of time. Huge at Top 40. Huge at Rock Radio. Oh, yeah. It was all over MTV. MTV. Jeez. And, man, it's a test of timer. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can be wrong, David. It's okay. No, everyone else can be wrong, okay? <laughs> that was actually my number one. Just because, I mean, it started with a score of 20. That was my number two, I think. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. On Did, with it. Who's next? Didn't make my five. Anyway, wow. let's talk to Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys, love your show. I'm not sure why you're always picking on the vice president during her speeches. She's only emulating Simone Biles by always trying to stick the landing. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) She's Simone Biles, but with two shattered kneecaps at this point. Oh, that Uh, is rough. My song, Willie Nelson, if you've got the money, I got the time. 
Oh, Willie. Yes, I can remember playing that one at country radio. Yes. If you got the money, honey, I've got the time. We'll go honky talking and we'll have a time. We'll have more fun, baby. It's hard to be in a bad mood when that's on. You've got it's a great money, song. Honey, yeah. I've got the time. It's you played that one? Yeah, when I was uh, at country radio. I was at, well, three different stations. Three different country stations? Yeah, it was Jamie Markley. I was Mark James at another. And Buck Wild? No, Jack Austin. (laughs) (laughs) Not Buck Wild, but Jack Austin. Thank you. You got to admit it, David. I think you have before. You're a little bit jealous of the Jack Austin name. Jack Austin is a wonderful country radio name. Your your country name was Dave Thomas. Yes, it was. It was not good. It was bad. Yeah. You're getting the square deal from Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas. On <laughs> big country. And radio names. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to Johnny in Salina, Kansas. Uh, happy Friday, brothers. <laughs> Johnny. Johnny. Great to hear from you, man. How are you? Dave Thomas. Jeez, man. Well, okay. You know, yeah, I just can't get over that. That's crazy. Hey, guys, but anyway. You know, I, I love the list uh, that you, you go you go on with today. It brings me uh, to mind a little story and a life hack that I'm going to give everybody, okay? Uh, lately, I've been going around. I love fireworks, all right? So I've been going around to kids' birthday parties because there's a guarantee that there's going to be balloons getting free and no more than 10 minutes. There's a blue angel coming out and blowing that thing up. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's a free fireworks show. And you see all these kids being happy. It's fantastic. And I've got to do all this because of my lack of money, man, by Pete Floyd. Oh, Johnny, it's a walk-off today. Number one. That's an iconic song. Oh, yeah. That's a test of time. I think everybody likes it. I got no problem with that being number one. Are you thinking about singing this? You look like you have that look in your eyes. Okay. Mark Knopfler into singing. Hey, it's good. That could be Bob Dylan, too. It's getting closer all the time. That's pretty good, though. Not bad. Uh, I, I'm not even going to bring up a cover of that song that I happen to like. Is it? Is it by Tesla? Tesla? It is not, actually. Oh. It's an instrumental by Gary Hoey. Oh. And it's fantastic. I think you would actually really like it. I'll share it with you some other time. Because we got so many to get to today. Yeah, we do. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hey, guys. Happy Mary. Friday again. Yay. <laughs> you had the walk-off last week. I know you had a great week. Yeah, I did. And I would have today, but uh, that didn't happen. But anyway, I do agree with Scott. <laughs> Thank God I didn't say that song. But I am going to say Take the Money and Run by Steve Miller. Steve yes. Miller, yep. Look at it. Number two. Yep. Go, take money and run. Part. 
Has this song ever come on somewhere and you turned it off? Never. Nope. Me neither. I love this song. Yeah. I do too. My it's also Steve Miller song. Okay. Down. If we're to be honest, have you ever heard money come on the radio from Pink Floyd and you switch to see what else was on the radio? Depends on what part of the song it's on. If it's yeah, in the lead up to the guitar solo, oh no, I'm not turning it away. But I'll like at the very then. beginning, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I'm looking through everything through the five, and I'm like, there's one song on here that I would never turn off, and it's the Steve Miller Band. Like, also, it, the intro to that is so great. Yeah, it's very cool. All right, who's next? Let's talk to Noel in Virginia. Hey, Noel. Greetings, comrades! Noel! Noel, how are you? Doing all right? Hey. Oh, I'm okay, but but unfortunately, I saw the president of Google throw up the steps of Air Force One again. Yep. He said it was not his fault, though, because someone had poured truck water on the steps. <laughs> <laughs> good one, Noel. That's good. And as he, and as he fell, Magoo was heard yelling, wee, 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 all the way to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Well played. Hey, I understand. I understand that Robbins, when he dies, he wants to store his decaying body in an expensive casket so that yes. he will be able to see in heaven. That's what he said. Yes, what I said. <laughs> that was well, me. I cannot afford to do this because I am not opulent like Elon or Noble, for short. <laughs> yes, of course. Got it. And what do you think, a money song, Noel? Well, I used 15 of Camel Toe's Venn diagrams to come up with today's song, and all three circles had the word money, money, money by your favorite ABBA. Yes, of course. You played that, right, Scott? No. This was before your time. Yes. So that's just on the workout playlist. (laughs) Got it. Okay. Just checking. I do actually have ABBA on the workout playlist. What song? Fernando. Makes me laugh. Is that a strength training workout or is that a running workout? (laughs) Strength training, man. If you're you're pushing heavy weight and you start laughing, that's not good. There was something in the air. (laughs) All right. Songs with money in the title. That's the Friday Five. And we'll wrap it up coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Got a news update to get to in about 12 minutes. And this guy Robbins trifecta. But we got to wrap up the Friday Five, which today, in honor of the news Robbins had yesterday, that more Americans are further in debt than ever. New record breaker. Songs with money in the title. There's your number one, Pink Floyd. Money. Number two, take the money and run, Steve Miller Band. Money for nothing, Dire Straits at number three. Still looking for number four and five, and we've had some great honorable mentions as well. Back to it, David. Uh, Let's start off with Chris in Illinois. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Hey, man, what what you thinking? Chris? Yeah. I love your show, guys. I love how you make me laugh and the liberals cry. (laughs) Money talks. 
ACDC. Money talks. Yes. Oh, yeah. Number four. I sense that you are mocking this song, game. I don't think it's one of ACDC's best. I love this song. It's. I think there's a reason they only did it live on one tour. I was there. <laughs> yeah, the money came out. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. Yeah, with Angus. I think it's a good song. Yeah. I like it. The Mark Knopfler version is much better. <laughs> come on, come on. Let me throw the money. Well, I think we got a call for another song. Yeah. That's worthy that's of mention. Way better. Let's talk to Anthony and Eugene. Hey, Anthony. What's going on? Anthony. Anthony. Yes. Yeah, buddy. Woo! <laughs> that's what All I like. right, man. I finally get through after 14 weeks of trying. Good Lord. Thanks for the effort, man. I appreciate it. It was worth the wait. I spent lots of money. Money I didn't have. I'm paying some right now. I didn't send some to the train. I missed it. (laughs) What song was it? Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, it's um, Money Honey. From um, the best ACGC album, Back in Black. There you go. Yeah. Take it over, Money Talks. Every day. Oh, no kidding. This is a great Have you ever heard that song before, Scott? Well, yeah, I've heard the song before. Well, Top 40 didn't play. That's why I'm asking. Well, it's not Back in Black. Everybody had that. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, love that. <laughs> That'll get you Good going stuff. on a Friday, won't it? <laughs> yes, it will. Oh, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, uh, All right, who's next? We got John in Connecticut. Hey, John. How are you doing? Great, John. Thanks for checking in, man. Uh, my pleasure. Hey, uh, fun fact, I would never pick money for nothing either, but uh, that you. incident with Mark Knopfler took place in the P.C. Richards store in my hometown of Yonkers, New York. So there's something for you, Robbins. You wouldn't wow, get that off that, the website. Huh? Yeah, thanks. So, wow. I know. When Motley Crue was on MTV? don't have much to fall back on. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a great story. So since Mary and her flying fingers beat me to my Steve Miller choice, I'm going Philly Soul, T-S-O-P with the OJs and For the Love of Money. Great song. Great song, man. Yes. I. We have that, right? I think we do. Yes. What the hell's that? Oh, my bad on that one. That's that's the Bullet Boys version. <laughs> oh, so, sorry about Play that. Play the real one. <laughs> Number five. <laughs> bullet, 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 bullet. Okay. Yeah, that's good, man. It's good. Good song. Yes. Okay, that's the five. OJ's ACDC, Dire Straits, Steve Miller Band, and Pink Floyd. And then there were a whole lot of, you know, honorable mentions that didn't make it. One that didn't make it was in my top five. I had the Beatles in the top five. But I think I was the only one. You were, yeah. That's pretty iconic. Yeah. That's the timer. It's not good on that one, though. What do you mean? I never hear it. It gets used all over the place. Does it? I think. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay. 
Yeah, the arguments about this will go on and on. But biggest story of the day so far today would be what, David? Uh, Biggest story of the day to me is the uh, Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, being asked, hey, why are we spending so much money on Ukraine when we have a lot of problems here at home? And he says, well, the taxpayers have been very generous. He really doesn't understand how this works, does he? No, well, actually, unfortunately, I I, I believe that those of us who have a problem with this uh, are the ones who don't understand how this works. See, we pay the government money... And they use it regardless of what people think. Right. Because it's basically at gunpoint or we go to jail. Uh Uh-huh. There's no real choice in the matter. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So we'll get into that. And then, Robin, you got your big three of the day? Yep. Trifecta. Coming up, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Van Camp and Robin Show. I want to thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. I'm the Gen Xer. David Van Camp's the millennial and the sexy boomer. Scott Robbins. David Van Camp, former news guy, always with the news updates. Always on it. I think it's pretty interesting. A guy who was with Reuters for like 32 years uh, has written about climate change and has said, you know, there's a lot of groupthink going on in media. They don't actually listen to the science or the scientists who are talking about climate change because no the world is not going to end in 10 years or 12 years or whatever you know if they ever listen to some long-form podcasts with these experts on Mm -hmm. and sometimes they'll have differing views you certainly come away with that thought of it's not going to happen in 10 years well no we're we're decades from this well and even still, I mean, when you listen to the actual experts, not the people with political agendas mm-hmm. or money on the line or speaking fees on the line, their rhetoric is far less sky is falling than the people in the category I just mentioned. Agreed. I mean, that that is. So this guy, he was with Reuters. He was a, a science tech reporter and editor at Reuters for 32 years. Uh, Neil Winton is his name. And he was writing about this. Uh, just yesterday, this article was published. And he writes, When I became a Reuters global science and technology correspondent in the mid-90s, my globe, or the global warming story was the top of my agenda. Already by then, the BBC was scaring us, saying that we would all die unless humankind mended its selfish ways. Carbon dioxide was the culprit and had to be tamed, then eliminated. I had no reason to think this was an established fact. I was wrong. But it's because you you hear over and over again from your colleagues that this is established fact, and they right. weapon. You know, he writes about how they weaponize the term denier, and that's something we've talked about <laughs> yes. a lot. That's exactly it. Hey, you got questions about an election? Well, you're an election denier, unless you are convinced that Trump stole the 2016 election with the help of the Russian government. In which case, well, you're just smart. Okay. Um, And he says, my Reuters credentials meant that I had easy access to the world's finest climate scientists. To my amazement, none of those would say categorically that the link between CO2 and global warming, now known as climate change, was a proven scientific fact. 
Some said human production of CO2 was a probable cause. Others said it might make some contribution. Some said CO2 had no role at all. Everybody agreed that the climate had warmed over the last 10,000 years as the Ice Age retreated, but most weren't really sure why. And he says, but even then, the mainstream media seemed to have run out of the energy required and often lazily went along with the BBC's and others' faulty opinionated thesis. It was too much trouble to make the point that the BBC's conclusion about climate change was challenged by many impressive scientists. Right. (laughs) And you know what happens? That gets passed out in the universities. Oh, yeah. And then you have students coming out of colleges convinced and cannot be told anything different. Yeah, I, I've told the story before uh, here, but it was after uh, the last round of hurricanes that hit Florida. And this person was telling me, well, obviously, you know, the, the, the hurricanes are becoming more frequent and more damaging. And I said, they're actually not. The science doesn't back that up. Well, yes, it does. That's what they said. And I said, no, the NOAA, the, the federal agency that runs the National Weather Service, among other things, literally has it on their website based on like a meta-analysis of all these studies that are out there that, yeah, they really can't actually say that hurricanes are getting more frequent or more damaging. Now, the, the cost is higher because you have more people living on coasts. So it's more yes. people in the line of, of hurricanes, but the hurricanes themselves are not getting bigger or right. more frequent. And on the flip side, totally different story that we talked about yesterday, talking about the coast, the wind farms off the Atlantic killing the whales. Yeah, yeah killing the right. whales. You know, poor whales. Oh. Yep, that's Songs of the Humpback Whale from when I was a little kid. And I know. Explains a lot if you're a kid that sit there and listen to that for hours on end. <laughs> It didn't have any long-term effect, I promise. But anyway, yeah, they're killing the whales. That's what's happening. There was something else, man, before we get to your trifecta, if you don't mind. I heard a conversation between Jordan Peterson and Dr. Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford, two very smart guys. They were talking about the pandemic and how all these voices were shut down, just like in climate change. Mm -hmm. Anyone that disagreed, well, a lot of the people that disagreed with the way we were going in the beginning, as we know, have been proven right. Okay. They said one of the things that they really used to their advantage, talking about people that were trying to get uh, the lockdowns accomplished and everyone to mask up, was to use a different kind of tactic. So in the beginning, people were scared of getting COVID because they might die or they might pass it along to someone and would kill them. So it's just, you know, a fear that you're born with that you don't want something to happen to you. That's fine. But they used something else called disgust and the example given was when there's rotting fruit you stay away from it because well it could hurt you if you ate it yeah but it's that disgust that is even more powerful than regular fear and what the left did in so many ways was introduce disgust of the people that wouldn't mask up or wouldn't get vaccinated oh yeah they were disgusting they were less than Mm -hmm. It's a very good point. I was yes. like, wow, that is yeah, so Yeah, you true. were less than. Yes. Yeah. It's bad people. You, weren't, you were dumb, too. Oh, yeah. You were really dumb. You were just so dumb. Uh-huh. Which is also disgusting. And how dare you question Dr. Fauci and his credentials? Yeah, yeah. that was another part was, instead of just using common sense, because like we said at the time, we needed adults to make decisions because there were so many facets to it. Not just, well, you got to avoid getting COVID. There were other things. 
What about people's jobs? What about yeah. their social connections? All of that stuff. It affects everything. It's honestly a conversation for another wow, time. That's it's a good fascinating. One. Yeah. yeah, it is. You're ready for your three, though. Yeah, we got to get to it. Roll it out. Let's go. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day this time. The Scott Robbins top three of the day, the trifecta. Helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, man. Looking forward to the weekend? Yes. I thought so. Hey, by the way, I'm going to be busy. Don't come over, okay? He knocks on the door every damn weekend. Say it again. I don't want you coming over this weekend. Got it? Yes. All right. Three. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, Number three, a Biden federal court nominee says microaggressions can be deadly. Yeah, this is Joe Biden's nominee to fill a vacancy in the Second Circuit Court of Appeals, a longtime diversity trainer Mm -hmm. who has argued for curtailing the First Amendment, of course, and conducted training sessions that say microaggressions can kill you. How? Shush. Because they, because they can't. Well, how, though? Well, I don't, I don't go into detail. What detail? There's no detail. Whatever you assume is a microaggression is killing people. You what, know that. Wasn't there something like uh, a comparison to a mosquito bleeding you dry? I believe it was. Like a cartoon of a mosquito, ne- uh, like a man-sized mosquito next to a guy, and it was just all these little holes getting poked in him until he had no more blood left. Mm-hmm. Associate Justice on the Connecticut Supreme Court, her name is Maria Arejo Khan, suggested in a What's 20- the name? I'm sorry, dude. Maria Arejo Khan. Arejo. I'm just using. I thought the- you said it. A-ho. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> did he say it, David? No, I didn't. I did not say that. She suggested in 2020 opinion the court should criminalize speech that offends oppressed groups. Since 2013, she has also delivered at least a dozen diversity trainings and presentations to lawyers all across the country with titles like cultural competence, implicit association, and racial anxiety. Yeah, let's put her on the high court. (laughs) Nothing to see here. I'm looking up stuff. Again, what do you have to do (laughs) to disqualify yourself from anything in this administration or anything he does? Nothing. It's all based on what you look like and who you are. Death by a thousand cuts. I found a piece on it. Yeah. I don't know if it was done by A-hole or who it was, but that's who it was. Something. Yeah. Now, on with the countdown. (laughs) Two. Scott Robbins trifecta. (laughs) Top three of the day up to number two. Michael Uh, Hugo. Yes, go ahead. A uh, local Democratic Party chair in Massachusetts is drawing fire for saying abortion is going to save a lot of money. Because, you know, you got to abort those kids with disabilities. That's right. Uh, Michael Hugo is the chair of the Framingham Democratic Committee. He made this shocking proposal during a city council meeting earlier this month. It's just now coming to light. He questioned whether these centers misdiagnose women who have disabled children is informing them it may convenience them, or they should be informing them, it may convenience them to get an abortion. So he's talking about pregnancy crisis or resource centers. Yes, yes. And he's claiming that... They're misdiagnosing on purpose. Yeah, they will go out of their way to misdiagnose somebody. To tell your kid's perfectly fine when it's not. Right. Our fear is that if an unqualified stenographer misdiagnosis a heart defect, an organ defect, spina bifida, or other things, 
it becomes a very local issue because our school budget would have to absorb the cost of that child <laughs> on our special education budget. Good golly! Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Tell him that God's gonna cut him down. They really do drop the mask, man. They it, really do. It, a letter was sent before the meeting that offered a preview of his remarks. Asked whether Massachusetts could cover the medical costs for a fetus that had sound medical reason to be terminated. He then went on to ask if the state would cover the cost of special education for a Down syndrome-affected child or pay extraordinary medical expenses for a child with a serious medical condition. Wow. That's really something right there. Yeah, and you know, that wouldn't be where it ended either. Oh, gosh, no. Could be hair color. Oh, sure. Sex of child? Could be. But whatever they decide. These people are ghouls, wow. man. Yeah, there's no doubt about They're that. They're ghouls. Man. Now, on with the countdown. And every parent who has a Down syndrome child and they've raised, and I've known a lot of them over the years, and I know you have too. God love them. It's, it, it's, it's a tough road. But, man, I'm telling you, man, you can have a successful parenthood and a child, and no one should be able to tell you whether or not you should be able to keep it or well, not. Listen, man, and I haven't been in that situation, but talking to different people. Right. In conversations, yeah, there are challenges that other people Absolutely don't face. There are. there are also some kids that go off the rails during teen years that maybe another kid doesn't that might have Down syndrome. It's hard to measure, yeah. you know, how difficult the job is going to be. But are you just going to say, well, they're getting out of hand. I'm better off them, too. I mean, what the heck, man? Jeez. It is. It's, it's terrible. It's Scott, ghoulish. Yep. Robbins, trifecta, and up to number one. Number one, uh, did a Mars rover find a crashed aircraft? I don't know. Did NASA just find the irrefutable proof of intelligent life inhibiting Mars? Well, hmm. people who spend hours upon hours combing the Internet for this kind of thing seem to think they have. For the last few years, NASA's perseverance, the rover... I think it's perseverance. Per perseverance, I'm sorry, yeah. has been cruising around the uh, Martian landscape, snapping photos of whatever it is they snap photos of. But somebody... Somewhere said, hey, what is that? It was a giant high-resolution photo, a bunch of stitched-together uh, images, and one of them was a Martian hillside. They say there's one UFO they believe offers our attention. They say it looks just like a crashed spacecraft on the photo, a spacecraft that crashed into the Martian landscape. Okay. What do you think? What do you think? I think it did. So what are you saying that is? It's probably a balloon from China. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. You think it's more than that, don't you? you no, know, I do. I do absolutely do. Yeah. It looks like a rock to me. Now, I know what it looks like to you, not believer. No, I'm a believer. I'm just <laughs> saying that looks like a rock. Yeah. See, I think we have a difference here. We have one guy that really does believe. That would be Van Camp. One guy that's not sure, but he wants to say he believes because he's afraid that somehow the Martians or whoever it is, the aliens, will hear him and attack him if he says otherwise. Stand over my bed. Because, Take me up into the ship. Yep. Because that's normal. It's really been an honor for me. Yes, trifecta. Great job, Thanks, guys. Casey, have a good just, weekend. Uh -huh. All right. Uh, we got to get to a news update. And then also... Um, Nimrod's in the news. And if we have time, social media. You know, you get addicted, it's hard to quit. You know who it has the strongest hold on? You might be surprised. Straight ahead.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, I, <laughs> uh, Joe Biden is separating uh, families at the border now. No. It's a, it, this is an interesting development here. Uh, so there's a story in the L.A. Times. Remember how the Biden administration decided they were going to just recategorize who counted as illegal and who didn't? Yes. And that way they can say, see, the number of illegal crossings is down yep. because we're just letting people in now. Right. But part of the thing you had to do in order to be part of this scam, if you wanted to come into the United States, you had to download this app and just let the federal government know that you're coming. Right? Yes. Well, the problem is, is that because now it's so easy, the app keeps crashing and people can't. Uh, can't get their place in line. They can't figure out what they're supposed to do because the thing is just glitchy as hell. Come on, man. And so then you've got uh, several stories now along the border where you've got families who are together right now in tent cities in northern Mexico who are trying to come in because they think they've done the, the, the new right thing, which is just, mm-hmm. hey, we're claiming asylum. We downloaded the app and everything. They show up with their kids, and the kids aren't on the list. The parents might be, the mom might be, the dad might be, but the kids oh, aren't on the list. No. And Sorry, so, Moose out front should have told you. So they have to make the decision, uh, do we leave the kids in Mexico alone, or do we all keep living in this uh, tent city here? Wow. And of course, well, you know what happens. Because a lot of people get paired up with kids who aren't actually theirs. Because they think it'll give them, because it has given them a better yes. shot at getting into the country. Uh, kids getting left, left behind. Yeah, but it's Joe Biden ripping children from the arms of their parents. I would get to Nimrods, even though we just had it. Goodness gracious. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right, time's sake, I'll make it fast. This guy in Canada stole a puppy. This has been a while back. Little nine-week bulldog named Tarzan. Well, he agreed to meet up with the breeder to buy the puppy back, whatever. He ran off with the dog because he had a gun out, but he ended up shooting himself. Good. He's going to be okay. The dog ended up okay. We'll get into the rest of that at another time. Never in the news.